Welcome to the First Universalist Unitarian Church of Wausau. My name is Jessica Zimmer, and I am this congregation's Director of Religious Education. I want to extend a special welcome to everyone joining us here, both online and in person this morning. Since 1858, UU Wausau has served for a vital voice for liberal religion in central Wisconsin. We are an intentionally free society that welcomes all people, just as you are regardless of age, sexual orientation, ethnicity, or economic situation. Wherever you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. We are currently worshiping both online and in person, so be sure to subscribe to the church's newsletter, follow us on Facebook or Instagram for updates. And with that, I have a few announcements this morning. The soup and nut bread sale is today. Proceeds from the sale will go towards purchasing additional listing assist devices. Next, Joyce Kurth is moving to Rhode Island to live with her daughter. Labels with her new address and a basket of blank cards are on the table in the atrium that we know hearing from you would help brighten her day. And then finally, after day's service, the Social Justice Committee and Naomi are hosting a listening session in our dining hall. Grab a cup of coffee and head upstairs to take part in this important conversation in our, com our community. And with that, let's gather our hearts and minds for worship. Please join me in reciting the church's chalice lighting. You'll find the words printed in the order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. We gather together this day to seek knowledge, to serve human need, to protect this precious earth, to answer the call of love. Come let us worship, let us shape worth together. I invite you to open your hymnals to hymn number 34, though I may speak with bravest fire, and rise in body or spirit as you are able. Our spirits long. 
Be seated uh, now. I know a little change in the order of service. As Unitarian Universalists, we answer the call of love in many ways. We live out our Universalist Unitarian values through acts of caring and service, both large and small. In our families, in our friendships, in this congregation, in our schools and workplaces and neighborhoods, Across our country and all over the world, our acts of caring and service make the spirit of love visible and tangible. So when you entered the sanctuary today, many of you received a valentine or two. Ushers can supply you with one if you don't have one now. And hopefully everybody in your row has a pencil or something to write on. And you may write on these all through the service. On your valentine, write down an act of caring or service that you have done over the last year, or maybe with even, even within the last week. If it is easier for you, you can draw a picture of how you last cared or served, and we'll name some ways to make love tangible in case you need ideas. So how many of you held open a door for somebody on the way into the building this morning, maybe? Or volunteered at church this morning, or said I love you to someone in the last week? or maybe didn't, I don't know, what's another idea, Susan? Uh, oh, helped at home, walked your dog, petted the cat, uh, took care of the garden, make sure it's there under all that snow, fed some <laughs> birds, helped at a soup kitchen. We'll have some stories throughout the morning to help give you some ideas, and after we're done, we'll collect the valentines at the back of the sanctuary when you're leaving for a social hour, and Donica and I are going to hang them up for a special project this week. The mission and ministry of UUWASA is made possible by the generous support of its friends and members. Rather than pass a plate at this time, we've placed an offering basket at the back of the sanctuary for you to drop a gift in. You can also stop by our website, uuwasa.org, to make a one-time or recurring gift with your credit or debit card. Thank you for your support.
Well, today, as you can already tell, it's a little bit differently arranged. Um, in just a couple days, it's Valentine's Day, and so we're going to be doing a little sailing on the love boat. We're going to make a, a lot of stops along the way, um, <clears throat> excuse me, move through love and, and the many ways we show love. You're welcome to linger anywhere your heart desires. Our service is filled with stories, and the first story is, of course, a Valentine's Day sort of love story. Our first story for today is King and King. It was written by Linda Dehan and Stern Neeland. On the tallest mountain above the town lived a queen, the young crown prince, and crown kitty. The queen had lived for many long years, and she was tired of it. She made up her mind that the prince would marry and become king before the end of the summer. Wake up, called the queen. We're going to have a little talk, you and I. <laughs> I've had enough. You're getting married, and that's all there is to it. The prince pushed away his breakfast. He couldn't eat a bit as the queen talked on and on and on. I don't understand you. Every prince in these parts is married, every one of them but you. And when I was your age, I had been married twice already. <laughs> By that evening, all that talking had made the prince dizzy. Very well, mother. I'll marry. I must say, though, I've never cared for much for princesses. To your future happiness. That night, the queen found her list of princesses and called every castle, alakazar, and palazzo near and far. The very next morning, a crowd waited at the gates. Prince Arya from Austria sang a thunderous opera for the prince. No sooner had she finished than she was shown out the door. Princess Dolly had flown all the way from Texas with her special magic act. The crown Katie was very happy to assist. <laughs> but the queen and the prince were not amused. Next came the funny little princess from Greenland. The prince didn't hit off with her either, so he really didn't mind when his page promptly fell in love with her. Boy, those long arms will certainly come in handy when waving to people, said the prince. As fast as her elegant legs could carry her, prince Ra Princess Raj Mashputin from Mumbai stormed out of the palace. The queen and prince looked at one another, sadly. None of this was quite what they had expected. Wait! called the page. There is one more princess. <clears throat> Presenting Princess Madeline and her brother, Prince Lee. At last, the prince felt a stir in his heart. It was love at first sight. What a wonderful prince. What a wonderful prince. The wedding was very special. The queen even shed a tear or two. Congrats. The two princesses, princes were known as king and king. The queen had finally had some time for herself, and everyone lived happily ever after. The end.
Like the crown prince seeing Prince Lee for the first time. What a wonderful prince. For the page and the princess Madeline, or I'm sorry, the princess from Greenland who's not named, what a wonderful princess. So here we're talking about Eros, about a passionate sexual sort of love and longing, a physical attraction, all muddled up with, with chemicals in your body, endorphins just running through you, palpitating heart, uh, sweaty palms, queasy stomach, warm fuzzy feelings. Should I leave her a note? Should I leave him a note? Should I tell him how I feel? <gasps> Should I tell them how I feel? Oh dear, oh dear. Well, Valentine's Day sometimes seems to be all about this romantic, lusty sort of love. Of course, when we send our, our um, young people off to our whole lives. We want them to, to learn about both those endorphins and both those about those responsibilities of sexual love and interaction. Now, in English, we only have one word for love. It's, it's just, it's love. The Greeks, though, had a number of words for love, and eros is just one of those words, um, those ideas about how love is manifest in the world. But while we listen to our meditation music, we'll think about, think about how you care for your loved one, your love mate, how you cared are caring, that aspect of love. Thank you. 
Our next story is, is a different kind of love. You might call it family love. This is the story of Mother Bruce by Ryan T. Higgins. Bruce was a bear who lived all by himself. He was a grump. He did not like sunny days. He did not like rain. He did not like cute little animals. Bruce only liked one thing, eggs. He collected them from all over the forest. But Bruce didn't eat eggs raw like other bears. Instead, he cooked them into fancy recipes that he found on the internet. One day, Bruce came across a recipe for hard-boiled goose eggs drizzled with honey salmon sauce. So he went out to get the ingredients. First, he caught a few salmon. Then he collected honey from a local beehive. He liked to support local businesses, you see. Last, he went to Mrs. Goose's nest to pay her a visit. Are these eggs free-range organic? <laughs> At home, Bruce prepared the eggs for hard boiling, but the fire in the stove fizzled out, so he went to get more wood. When Bruce came back, he was met with an unwelcome surprise. Bruce became the victim of mistaken identity. Bruce wanted hard-boiled eggs, not goslings. He supposed he could settle for buttered goslings on toast, but for some reason he lost his appetite. Bruce scooped up the little geese and stomped back to their nest. I will have to ask Mrs. Goose about her return policy, only to find that Mrs. Goose had flown south early. Be back in April, Mother Goose. Bruce left the goslings there anyway and went back home. But he was followed. Mama? Mama? Bruce was very stern and said things like, Go away, and I am not your mother. And also, I liked you better when you were eggs. <laughs> Bruce could take it no longer and became extra grumpy with them, and this is where I'd ask all of you to join in with me. On the count of three, let's all make a big roar. One, two, three. Rawr! It didn't work. Goslings always follow their mother, even if she is a he and he is a bear. Mama! Bruce was stuck with them. He tried to make the best of it. It was hard work. Blech. Ew. Yuck. 
As the seasons passed, Bruce watched the pesky goslings grow older, from annoying baby geese to stubborn teenage geese to boring adult geese. Then one fall afternoon, he saw other goose families flying south. Finally, he'd be rid of those geese, and he could take a long winter nap. Bruce explained migration, but they didn't listen. Bruce needed the geese to leave, <laughs> so he got creative. Nothing worked. The geese would not leave Bruce. <sighs> so Bruce decided to pack some bags and take his geese into town. They boarded a bus and migrated to Miami. Miami. <laughs> Now, every winter, Bruce and his geese head south together. They laze about at the beach in tacky shirts, sipping ice-cold lemonade while Bruce dreams of new recipes, recipes that don't hatch. <laughs> Mama! And that's the story of Mother Bruce. So storge, storga or storge is another kind of love, the love we find within families between the mother and the father, the mother and the mother, the father and father, the brothers and sisters, between parents and their children, grandparents and their children. Storga involves long-term commitment, blood ties. And sometimes we create those family ties through adopting a child or finding ourselves the victim of mistaken identity through establishing a family within our workplace or within our neighborhood or an affinity group or within our congregation. So how have we and how do we show love in our families? Um, this is kind of a general sort of love. We have... Hmm. Ah. The next story is more a general love sort of story. Uh, we love lots of stuff. We love lots of different people. We have friends that we love. We have stuff that we love. And all sorts of love that might be shown. The story that Jessica is about to read. This morning I want to share with you Matt D. LaPena's take on love with a book by the same name that was also illustrated by Lauren Long. In the beginning, there is light and two wide-eyed figures standing near the foot of your bed, and the sound of their voice is love. A cab driver plays love softly on his radio while you bounce in the back with the bumps of the city, and everything smells new, and it smells like life. Love, too, is a smell of crashing waves and a train whistling blindly in the distance. And each night, the sky above your trailer turns the color of love. In a crowded concrete park, you toddle towards summer sprinklers while older kids skip rope 
and run up the slide, and soon you are running among them, and the echo of your laughter is love. On the night the fire alarm blares, you're pulled from sleep and whisked into the square, where the quiet old lady is pointing to the sky. Stars shine long after they've flamed out, she tells you, and they sh the shine they shine is with love. But it's not only stars that flame out, you discover. It's summers, too, and friendships and people. And one day, you find your family nervously huddled around the TV. But when you ask what happened, they answer with silence, and they shift between you and the screen. In your dream that night, you're searching for a love that seems lost. You open and close drawers and lift cushions and empty out old toy bins, but there's nothing. You wake with a start in the arms of a loved one who bends to your ear and whispers, It's okay. It's okay. It's love. And in time, you learn to recognize a love overlooked, a love that wakes at dawn and rides to work on the bus, and a slice of burned toast that tastes like love. And it's love in the deep crease of your grandfather's face as he lowers himself onto an overturned bucket to fish. And it's love in the rustling leaves and gnarled trees that line beneath the flowered fields. And it's love in the made-up stories your uncles tell in the backyard between wild horseshoe throws. And the man in rags outside the subway station plays love notes that lift in the sky like tiny beacons of light. And the face staring back in the bathroom mirror, this too is love. So when the time comes for you to set off on your own, heavy winds will sweep past your building and a great gray clouds will congregate above. Your loved ones will stand there like puddles beneath their umbrellas, holding you tight and kissing you and wishing you luck. But it won't be luck you'll leave with because you'll have love. You'll have love, love, love. And that's the end of this story. So for the Greeks, philia was another sort of love. It was the love of friends. Um, <clears throat> for, for the ancient Greeks, of course, a friend had to be someone who was equal to you in physical ability and mental capacities, so men and women could, of course, never be friends. Um, but those were the Greeks, you know. My philosophy teacher would often ask us about um, how Aristotle... Uh, ethics might be different, might be tweaked if it was Alice Stottle who was writing them. Now, Philia, we, we love a lot of stuff. We love our friends, um, we love our pets. Um, my dad uh, loved fishing and his garden. My uncles loved to get together um, on holidays and watch football games and have a shot and a beer with my grandmother, who always instigated the shot and the beer part. So we love our lakes, the waves, a train whistle, the shining stars. So those sorts of things, have you loved your pet? Have you, have, how have you demonstrated the, that love you have, that general love you have? Did you make some soup or some nut bread so we can get assistive devices for people like me who have some hearing problems? 
all sorts of love, eros, storge, philia. You can think about that sort of love, and I ask you to remain seated and open your orders of service for the blue page, which is the insert, We Walk in Love. story. Now, we're going to tell a story from the gospel. Jesus was out preaching and teaching and walking and fishing and who knows what he was doing when a lawyer came up to him and said, Jesus, what should I be doing with my life? And Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer said, being one who wanted to know all the particulars, who is my neighbor? Now, the story from this part um, strays a bit from the, the Bible story. So, one day, it's a Sunday, and folks are going off to church, and there's somebody, there's a Unitarian Universalist, a Universalist Unitarian, who's driving their car and drives past somebody who seems to be having a little car trouble, and that person say, says to herself, well, I'm sure she's got a phone and she can call somebody else to help. And besides, I'm the minister of that church and I have to get, get to there in time. So she drives off and another person, sure enough, from that same Universalist Unitarian Church, this one happens to be the board president. He drives and he notices this person in trouble by the side of the road, but, but surely they must have AAA, you know, and somebody will come to help them because I've got a board meeting and I've got to get to it. 
The third person who drives past is somebody from the most conservative, let's make it Christian, church in your town. You probably know which one that is. That person who's driving in that car thinks that Unitarian Universalists are very strange people at best, and at worst, they are probably, well, they don't believe in the same thing that, that, that I do. They, they don't believe, they believe that, that women should have control of their bodies. They believe in same-sex marriage. They believe in, oh my goodness, they protest all the time, you know. They, they believe that, that we should, should give up good jobs in order to do something vague about saving the earth. <sighs> you know, and, and at worst, you know, some of those people don't even believe in God. <sighs> I mean, you know where those people are ending up. But that person's in trouble, so I'm going to stop and help them. And she did. Now we're back to Jesus, who says, so who was your neighbor? Who in that was your neighbor? Now there's all sorts of love. Um, you know, those eros, um, the romantic sort of love the storge, the familial love, those bonds of living together and sorting out your differences, um, that philia, the friendship love, the love of, of a really good anime ser series or a really good, good vampire romance series. series. Um, yeah, all sorts of love, love of ice cream, love of chocolate, um, love of your family, love of your pets. But agape, agape, is a fourth sort of love that the Greeks describe that is an unconditional love, love of another despite their flaws, despite their weaknesses, despite their, their big differences in opinion from us. Um, a poet, um, Edwin Markham, wrote a little poem. He said, he drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, a thing to flout, but love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in. We draw a circle. We draw the other into our circle. And agape is the, the kind of love most demonstrated in that Christian story of the Good Samaritan, that conservative Lutheran or, or Methodist or, or Catholic or whatever Muslim who, who stops, who stops to help. The golden rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Of course, that also means that we have to love ourselves and love ourselves appropriately and know that we are not perfect and we are never going to be perfect. But we try a little more every day. We think about that. We think about the best five-year-old we can be and 10-year-old we can be and 17-year-old we can be and 95-year-old we can be. There's a, a, a little song, an, an old shaker song that was arranged by Harmony Grisman. If we have not peace in our daily communion, how can we have peace in the world at large? Uh, think about your families. And if we have not kindness for one another, how can we have kindness in our government and laws? 
More love, more love. The heavens are calling, the angels are crying. Oh, Zion, more love, more love. You know, and, and put, putting it in words that, that my five-year-old kindergartners back home in Duluth would, would understand, we want love and justice, we want kindness and fairness. Kids know when other kids are being kind. Kids know when rules are fair. This kind of, of love, this agape, is, is unconditional love, is, is really, it's hard work. It's, it's easy enough to love people we like, those whom we, we feel some fellow feelings, some kinship, some common bond, some common belief, but it's not so easy to love those we dislike, or even to put up with them. You know, those who disappoint us, who aggravate us, who anger us. Ah, for years I did a, um, there's a, a meditation that Buddhists do called a metabhavana, that the meditation on loving kindness, and in one part of that meditation, of course you meditate on the people you already love, you meditate on the people you like, the people that you get along with, and then you get that one person that just rubs you the wrong way and you wish them well. You wish them to be happy and healthy and strong and well in their lives. Whew. That kind of love takes a lot of work. That kind of love is hard work. How do we put that work into action? That is our next story. For our last story, I'd like to share with you a few letters from A is for Activist. It was written and illustrated by Innocento Nagaro. A is for Activist, Advocate, Abolitionist, Ally, Actively Answering a Call to Action. Are you an activist? B is for Banner, Bobbing in the Sky, Billowing in the Breeze, Cause You're Not Shy. Equal rights, black, brown, or white. Clean and healthy is a right. Every place we live and play, environmental justice is the way. F is for feminist, for fairness in our pay, for freedom to flourish and choose our own way. G is for grassroots, sprouting from below, sharing nutrients and the water's flow. Below the surface we are all connected, Stronger together we grow. Indigenous and immigrant, together we stand tall. Our history, our histories are relevant. An injury to one is an injury to all. J is for justice. Yay for justice! Jia Jing Jihang, Juanita Jamal, justice for the janitors, justicia for all. LGBTQ, love who you choose, cause love is true. Liberate your notions of limited emotions. Celebrate with pride our links of devotion. Radical Reds, the headline said. Ruinous rioters, the rumors spread. Rabble rousing riffraff, really? T is for trans, for trains, tiaras, tulips, tractors, and tigers too. Trust in the true, the he, she, they, that is you. Wondrous world, wondrous we, we cannot be whole, we cannot be free. 
and Wesley we delight in diversity. Why is for you and youth, your planet, your rights, your future, your truth, why is for yes, yes, yes? And this is our last story for today. So how do we put all that love and care to work? How do we answer the call of love and make this world a fairer, more just place? And as Mia said, we, we march, we learn, we learn about different cultures. This is Black History Month uh, all year long. You can hear, listen, and learn about um, cultures other than yourself. We learn about how people have been treated badly because of the color of their skin, because of their religion, because of what country they come from, because of who they love. And we figure out ways to right these wrongs. We see how the earth, the air, the water is damaged by some of the ways we use it. We figure out ways to make right these wrongs. We say at the beginning of our service, love is the doctrine of this church and service is its prayer. So every day we figure out how to serve. Every day we remind ourselves how we are all connected, how we are all inextricably connected. I've told this story before. We're all come from that big bang, that first great radiance, that first big whatever made all of this, all of us. We come from that power and light and energy, that first whoosh of starlight and stardust. And in this church, we all go out and be the very best, the very brightest, the very most loving and fair people we can be. We are the, that best stardust that we can be. You know, I, I, I um, initially didn't know that this uh, service was going to be an intergenerational service, and I picked this title, Love, Love, Hooray for Love. If you're of my age, you might remember that song. Love, love, hooray for love. Who was ever too blasé for love? Make this the night for love. If we have to fight, let's fight for love. Well, our universalist forebearers saw God as a God of love, a God who welcomed all to the table of creation and left us all to care for, to set that table for everyone. So this Valentine's Day and all of our days, whatever is that big, what must I do? What must I, how must I live my life? Love God. If God is that person that you love and look to, may we experience our Creator's changeless love and know the care that cares for all, that we are held in creation's ever-changing love, the creativity and the chaos that is this cosmos. If your most important, your guiding star is science or nature or art or music, the idea of fair laws and true justice for all. If the most important thing to us is the vibrance of this community, may we be lifted up and energized by our faith in something greater than ourselves. May we build bridges, 
break down walls. May it ever be so. May we make it so. Blessed be and amen. And I invite you to open your hymnals to hymn number 131, Love Will Guide Us. our chalice, we remember the light of truth, the warmth of community, the power, the energy towards action, towards love for all, fairness and justice for all. And so may the longtime sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure, pure light that's within you guide your way home. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, thank you, and the pure, pure light that's within you guide your way home. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure, pure light that's within you guide your way home. Guide your way home. I invite you to sit and listen to the prelude or postlude. <laughs> 